And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. He's already rooting for himself because he's the only person that will root for him. And what is the weighing in podcast with me, John McCarthy, my man, the punk, Josh Thompson, who is always. Yeah, but flexing. always flexing, a, always flexing, baby, always flexing. And we got a lot to talk about. We have a big fight coming up this week. Kamzat Chemaev against the man that's the man, the myth, the legend, Nate Diaz. You got to say no more. There's all kinds of things going on outside of the UFC also that we're going to talk about. All kinds of good stuff. A little hot where you're at, huh? Yeah, you said Let's talk about things outside of the fight game. Well, guess what? Outside here in Northern California is 118 degrees. Oh, my God. I went today outside, and I was regretting it. As you guys can tell, my face is a little crispy right now. A little pink. I was, only, I was only out there for about an hour just <laughs> trying to figure out life. I was questioning myself, like, what am I, gonna, what am I out here for? Why am I doing this? But uh, it is extremely hot here, John. This is obviously record highs, apparently, is what they're trying to say. But uh, yesterday, it was 109. And then on Sunday, it was 114. And it's just been it's been torture since Thursday of last week. I mean, I wasn't here. I was in Tahoe, so it was a little bit cooler. But I was looking at the, the, the weather report as I was up there in Tahoe in 89-degree weather, just loving it, the brisk. Breeze coming through, playing some golf at 7.30 in the morning, drinking a little bit of whiskey and having a great time. Uh, yeah, it's been as hot as hell since I've been home, though. It was so hot yesterday, and then not, and then all day today it's been extremely hot. Tomorrow's supposed to cool down. I'm back into the 98s, they said. Yep. That's we'll, cool. we'll see, though. We cool will down. see. But, John, there's Josh, a lot. You're going to hate me for doing this live in the air, but, but just make sure that uh, your headphones are turned down ever so slightly because um, I don't want any echo coming through. You um, shut but- your freaking mouth right now, okay? <laughs> you guys, I'm going to tell you this little story right now. I'm going to tell you this little story about how Podcast Dave decided that he was going to try not to film with us tonight. So he was like, wanted the night off, decided to go and take, you know, go and lay down in bed and melt into his bed. I don't have to explain what that means to some of you guys. He's all too great. <laughs> and he decided he didn't want to film. Then he's like, oh, my. Then he tried to give us some lame ass excuse. Oh, my internet doesn't work. Da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, he realized that Gian couldn't hold up his end of the deal. So he decided to pop back on. We're going to see how he performs. <laughs> so, such a lie. We're going to see how he performs. I don't know. He's wearing a nice cowboy hat. I give him that, man. He goes to Texas, puts the cowboy hat on. Nobody. <laughs> Come this on, guy. baby! Little little this urban guy. cowboy with the man from Scotland. His internet doesn't work, John, or it wasn't working. <laughs> let's let's not be, that that town has a bunch of la- lazy yeah. people over there. Austin, Look at that hat! Don't mess with the cowboy, you know. Oh, very man, nice, very nice, Dave. That's a good looking hat. What, all right, but what kind is it? What's the brand? Uh, I don't even know. He does. Uh, he got a got at the fucking car. What are you talking about? Stetson. Stetson, all right. It's a Stetson. It's a good hat. Yeah, didn't there used to be a cologne that was called that Stetson? There was. There was. There was a cologne called Stetson. Dave, pull that up, buddy. Dave, come on. Let's go, generic Jamie. Come on, pull that up. (laughs) Generic (laughs) Jamie. Let's go. There used to be a cologne called Stetson. There There it is. There it is. Looks like cowboy cologne as well. It is cowboy cologne. Cowboy cologne. 
That's funny. Well, you would think cowboy hat named Stetson, cologne named Stetson, kind of all makes sense, right, Dave? Now I just need to start smelling like a cowboy too then. No, you yeah. probably do. Stinky ass. Cow, <laughs> cow pies. Cow pies. Ooh, oh, man. I can, I, can, I can give you all of that you want, man. You just tell me. I'll, I'll send a box. This guy. This guy. He's out there mowing the lawn. I mean, how is it hot over there with you right now? It's about 90, but it's humid. Oh, yeah, it so, is humid. So it feels like about 100. Miss McCarthy got you out there doing slave labor again, Dude, I'm telling you. You have no idea, okay? People, wait, wait, we talk about mowing a lawn, okay? I'm not mowing lawns. No. Okay? I'm mowing a property. And it, so I was on that mower at about 8.30 this morning, and I got off of it at dark at about 8.30 tonight. 12 hours. The only time I stopped was to refuel that some bitch. And it goes 10 Dude, that's a fast one. And you got to figure, I got so much fucking to do. It takes Jeez. all day long. That's horrible. All day. Yeah. Like, it sounds like fun to own the property. But it, it is. Sound like, but it it's work. It like fun to do that. This, no, it's work. Oh, man. It's I'm work. rethinking my life choices here pretty soon. I was thinking, about, <laughs> I want to get a couple acres. Eh, yeah. Not sounding like that, John. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're talking me out of it right <laughs> now. Out of we're, it we're having this conversation, and you're talking me out of it. Yep. Um, look, there's a lot going on this weekend. There is There's a whole lot of good stuff. How excited are you about this fight that's coming up between Ch uh, Chamaya and Nate Diaz? Uh, I'm I torn. Honest, I, I'm gonna well, be honest. I'm torn. I okay. I agree with you. I'm, I'm about about the same. I look at it and I I don't like the matchup. I'm being honest. I don't like it based upon I know what they're doing, and it's slimy. Mm -hmm. It's slimy, but it, it, it's, and I hate, you know, it, they're not the only ones that do it. No, no. It's promotions and promoters. They do that and they have someone that they know wants to leave. So I don't want you to go out with a win against one of my guys. I want you to go out with a loss against one of my guys and because that makes my guy look better and it makes you less valuable. So it's a good reason for you to leave. I just look at it, man. It's like. I guess it's business. I don't like that part of the business. I've always said, you know, there's things about, you know, fighting. There's there's a lot of, uh, you know, grimy stuff that goes on in the fight game. And this is one. It's one of the these things right here. I just if you if you look at it reasonably, Josh, how much, you know, I'm not. It, it's a give and take. I'm, I'm going to go both ways. The UFC has done a lot for Nate. They have. Okay. He went on the ultimate fighter. He built his name up through that really with, because of his brother also built his name up, would fight anybody, but how much money? Cause in the end, you know, if you, if you recall back a while, you know, Dana at one time said he doesn't move the needle. Okay. Well, he did, you know, and, no, I know. You know okay. Well, you know, let's let's be honest. Is Dan always right? According to some people, yes. Well, no, no one is. None of us are always right. But he said he, and then finally he looked and said, you know, after a certain fight, he goes, yeah, he's a needle mover because he has all of that information coming. How much money has this guy helped make the UFC? I, I it's the one thing I look at. You know, I, I was looking at George Saint Pierre there in Paris. And, you know, just thinking about it, and, and I don't give George enough credit all the time because I just don't think of him anymore. 
because he's you know he's gone now. You know, he's forty one years of age. He's still in an incredible shape. But I look at him and it's like, man, how much did you do for the UFC? He really did. I mean, you think about how much did he do? And I look at Nate Diaz and I go, how much has he done to help build that promotion? And this is the send off. It's just it's just not good. Nate Diaz has made them, I would say, probably in the estimation of about a billion dollars. Yeah, close. I, I would say just, you know, just Nate Diaz. I, I would say, look, I'm and I'm being somewhere between five hundred million and one billion dollars based upon his fights. That's insane, John. It is absolutely fucking insane. So how did and this is why I say you look and you go. I I understand. I understand the whole, you know, oh, you know, we want, you know, we don't if you want to leave, I want to use your name to build somebody else. Okay, I understand the whole thing. It's just not yeah, I hate it. Can't stand that part of it. Yeah, I would like to see guys like him get a proper setting off. Yes. You know, it was it was I guess you brought up GSP GSP did it himself. He he left on his own. Yep. Uh, uh, after the Hendricks fight, it was it correct Hendricks? And then yeah. he came. Then he came back like dangling a carrot, saying, "Hey, I'll come back if I'll fight Bisbing." He kind of, you know, he knew what he was doing. And then oh, after he knew what he was Bisbing, doing. Bisbing, yeah. Bisbing, he just ran along. You know, smart, smart tactics by him. He, I think he he definitely understood the game in which the UFC likes to play. Yeah, and they would have they would have tried to get a beat by somebody, and he's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'll just retire with the two two belts." Yep, I'm good. But have you guys you- thought about a potential that, of Dana's master plan here? Because everybody's saying that Hamzat's the next guy for the title. So what if Dana's master plan is to give Nate the opportunity of a lifetime against Hamzat where when he wins against Hamzat, he gets the next title shot because it automatically brings him back right to the number one spot. Dana gets to re-sign him and Nate gets his title shot. Here's the thing. Look, I love, and despite what anyone may think, I fucking love Nate Diaz. I love everything about him. I love the way he fucking fights. I love him and his brother, the way they have each other's backs, his boys, Gilbert and Jake. I love their whole crew, that scrap pack. I love everything about them. They are fucking great people. All of them. Nick, Nate, Jake Shields, Gilbert, Gilbert's wife, all the ones that I know are fucking fantastic people. From the bottom to the top, all of them are great people, great training partners, great people all the way around. I hate to see him be treated this way on the way out, knowing that, like, like we just said, he's made them, I would say, between, I say closer to a billion versus the 500 in the middle there. I think it's more closer to a billion dollars. I would say somewhere, company. somewhere in between there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they know what they're doing. I get, I get what they're doing, but I think when there's certain fighters, you got to let them that have given so much. He, he's, if he's lost, he's gone out on his shield and, and when he hasn't lost, he's upset and had some of the most historic fights. The Conor McGregor fight, the first one, taking on short notice, all of those things. Ten days. Fucking insane. Ten days. Insane how he fucking did. Like, John, I was like, oh, Conor's going to touch him and touch him because, no. Uh, see, they- I, 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 I'm being honest. Back then, I said, that might be a mistake, man. I said, if Connor doesn't get rid of him fast, yeah. which is not an easy thing to do because it's really yeah. only been done once. I'm not going to talk about that, but yeah. uh, 
look, that's not an easy fight. And if there was one thing that we saw out of Connor was that he uh he does tend to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. That was up at going to be up at 170 because Nate, you know, coming in last minute said, "Hey, I, I'm not going to be able to make that weight." They put it at 170. Okay. And if you don't get rid of him fast, first off, you've got to knock him out. He's only been knocked out one time. Okay. And so I looked at it and I go, man, I'll tell you what, if this thing goes anywhere past four minutes, start to look, Nate D is going to win this sucker. Wow. I didn't think that. I honestly I did. thought, I honestly thought the speed of Connor, I thought the, the way he likes to pot shot and circle, I thought he would have done that. He decided to stand and trade, got into a slug fest with somebody that has a fucking granite chin. Look, let's be honest. John, there's no damn way I was going to ever do any damage to him punching him in the face. No. It had to have been done by the foot or, the, or by well, my shin, basically. Yeah. That, you know, um, heavy objects. Uh, yeah. Dropping him is one thing. Finishing him is another. And, you know, it's like sitting him down to his butt. He's been dropped so many times, but he yeah. just he hits the ground and says, come on down to the ground. Let's get some work in. There's that. And then if you don't go down to the ground, you have him stand back up. He's okay with just getting his breath and coming after you again. He, he has been prepared, one of the most prepared fighters ever in the history of the UFC or in fighting, period. He comes in always ready to fight. He's always training. I, I just, what I, what the takeaway that I have right now is that they're doing them dirty and they're sending them out the way that they normally send out people that haven't given this much to the, to the UFC, which is sad. That's one. Two is, if you go back in history and watch who he's fought at the 170 pound division outside of Connor, guys like Warren McDonald flung him around. They oh my just God. tossed him around, left and Dude, right. I did that fight. Kamzat Three suplexes is, in a row. Kamzat Chemaev is a different animal, not just in the wrestling, but the size. All of those things will be a big factor when it comes to this fight. He is going to ragdoll Nate. Nate is not strong. And I'm, this is not a knock on Nate. Just Jeanette, like he's, he's not a strong fighter. He's not a fast fighter. He's got a good chin. He's got a lot of output. And he's a fucking gamer. That's yeah. one thing about him is he's a dog. But he's you will see, you will see Chimaev wrestling. You're going to see him going in for the takedown, mm-hmm. and he's going to say, I'll, "I'll work with you on the ground." Where it's, if you're looking, you say, "Yeah, he's dangerous on the ground," but he, I, he, he's going to be more dangerous to Chimaev on his feet, in my estimation, than he is on the ground. Yeah, and he won't be dangerous on the feet really until probably the end, middle of the third, maybe the fourth and the fifth round. Yeah. And here, the thing is, John, here's my other thing. When you're that much bigger and like size wise and you have the pedigree of wrestling, the, the Nick Diaz brothers in the history of their fighting careers, they've always struggled against good wrestlers because they can be controlled. They're not strong. So they're able to be controlled. The, the, the sit up and posture, the ground and pound, all of those things, they're available to be hit on the ground. They just can't get a hold of your neck, whether it's a guillotine or rear naked. I've done a grappling match against Nate like years before we had fought and then I fought him. You got to yeah. stay away. Had I not done that grappling match with him, I probably would have went to the ground a lot more with him. But I understood how damn quick and how tight his guillotine got in in that first that, that grappling match. He's got me in probably three or four guillotines that I had to wiggle my way out of, and they were fucking close. Yep. And so it just Chamayev's got to be careful leaving his neck in there, you know, but the strength is going to play a factor on him being able to finish it. Nate being long and lanky and all of those things and that wiry strength that he kind of has on, on the on the guillotines and the rear nakeds, they're there to be had. It's just going to be a very tough task for him to get done. It's going to be a, a big uphill battle for him. 
And I, I would love to see him. I would, John, I would fucking love it. I would love to see him go out with a fucking win, a submission win, or, you know, or, or peppering him and just making him so tired. Cause we saw in the Gilbert Burns fight that he, he, he put so much energy out in the first two rounds. He was exhausted. Well, he was exhausted. This, look at this is the one, the one thing is, and it's the one thing I look at. As as a plus in this fight for Nate, it's five rounds. Yeah, this is a five round fight. Chimaev has not gone the five rounds. Chimaev, you know, the only time he's ever gone past the second round was against Gilbert Burns. Mm -hmm. That's the only fight that he's ever gone past the second round. But Gilbert Burns is a faster fighter than Nate Diaz. Gilbert no Burns doubt about is a stronger that. fighter than Nate Diaz. Gilbert no Burns, doubt about that. Gilbert Burns, he's a better grappler. Is a better grappler, also. Yeah, you know, in a different way. In a different exactly. way. Exactly. Okay. I'll, I'll give. If you're going to say in a in a gi, he's a better grappler, no doubt yeah. about it. Without the gi, Nate's going to be just fine with him. And so, yeah, I, I I look at it and say it's it's pretty even as far as MMA. It's pretty even with the gloves and everything. I I would say that's a, you know close to a wash. I understand why you would pick Gilbert a little bit over him and stuff. He definitely has the credentials behind him. But if you take a look at if Chemayev does some of the things that he does in the past and he swings really hard and he grapples by all these big lifts and, you know, the, the big lifts look great, but they do burn energy. You know that, you know, I go for a suplex. There's a lot of energy being burnt in that maneuver and me getting my hips in and what, you know, the way my legs have to extend all the fucking squeeze and everything. That's a lot of energy right there going out. What's it going to do? Is it going to hurt Nate? Maybe, maybe not. He's never been hurt by one before and he has taken him just like you're saying with Roy McDonald, you know, multiple times in the fight, you do that kind of output and you don't get rid of him. Yeah. Stand by for round four and five. Yeah, he can't. Nate can't afford to be patient in that in those rounds four and five because if he loses rounds one, two, and three, he's gonna have to really fight from behind and really push the pace. He's got to be. Um, well, I I look at it. I I think Nate needs to look at pushing the pace. Yeah. For the entire fight. Yeah. You know, the, one of one of his ways, and because look, Chimaev is in good shape, and Chimaev can go. But if there's one thing you want to look at, you know, you're looking at a guy who is has 11 professional fights in Shemaev going against a guy that has over 30 in Nate. That's a big experience difference. And that's a big, you know, look at Shemaev has not been in the biggest fights yet. Nate has. Yeah. Nate has been in the biggest fights. He's been that guy, you know, that all the attention is on and all the pressures on. He's, he's been there. He's done that. Shemaev is not, this is as big a fight as he's ever had. You can look and say that Gilbert Burns was a big fight, and it was, but it's not as big as this one, and it wasn't the yeah. main event. And that's we're and, not taking anything away from Gilbert Burns. It's no, just, no, no. It has nothing to do with Gilbert. No, this, this is no. just, you know, this is a main event fight on a pay-per-view card also. Yeah. This is big. This is huge. But, Dave, can you pull up uh, Nate Diaz's comments? He did an interview. I can't remember who it was with. I think it was MMA Junkie. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'll get it up right now. 
Yeah, and he just he he went off on the UFC, went off on you know Dana, and they're trying to make it out to that I wanted this fight. I didn't I didn't ask for this fight. I didn't want this fight, you know. And so he went on and just basically laid it all out. Look, Nadia is not someone to really beat around the bush. He doesn't like to eat around the tush. He just goes right for it. So he just <laughs> he just came out and said the truth. And look, this is what happened when remember when they they tried to tell him that he had. He had popped for something. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm not fucking fighting then. These are, these are the type of things he goes ahead and he tells the truth. Whether you want to hear the truth or not, it's up to you guys. He says, I'm the fucking, I'm the champion of the whole UFC altogether. Look, let's be honest. The guy's a big time needle mover compared to almost everyone else on this roster. Give me somebody else on the roster right now that moves the needle as much as him outside of Conor McGregor. That's it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's they, Conor they, McGregor. They don't have a champion that moves the needle like Nate Diaz. No, they don't. And, and, and Masvidal is not the same either. He doesn't. I love Masvidal, but he does not move the needle like Nate Diaz either. No. He does well. Don't get me wrong. He does good numbers, but he doesn't move it like him. <clears throat> so there's not, there's not another person in the UFC. So when he's saying I'm the champion of the whole fucking UFC altogether, he ain't lying. He ain't lying. Like, look, when, we, when, we're, when, the UF, when the Dana White is thinking... How do I judge my champions or how do I judge? He's thinking, which one puts the most money in my pocket? Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. As far as guys that are money. fighting right now. Yes, the current ones, yes. Yeah. The current one, he's the one that puts the most money in the pocket. It says, I don't give a fuck. What, it says, what they got me doing right now is they're acting like I called for this fight, which I didn't call for and I don't want. I didn't want and I still don't fucking want it, but I don't give a fuck. I'll fight anybody. History has shown... He'll fight fucking anybody. Doesn't care. He'll step up. You offer him the fight. He'll take it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's times like, why the fuck you guys want me to fight that lame guy? You know, and and that's happened to almost every single fighter. They've tried to get sure. somebody young and up and coming, you know, um, to fight to fight him. Probably he's been like, yeah, I ain't fighting that <clears throat> fucking loser. You know, it's like, why am I gonna fight fucking some guy who's number fifteen when I'm? Did he have to be four? a loser? Yeah, but Josh Hamzat's ranked in the top five, and Nate's not even ranked. So, and then Nate also contradicts himself there by saying he doesn't want the fight, but he'll fight anybody. So how yeah, how can look, you not wanting the fight? Because, hold on, hold on. Oh, I can, Dave, I can Dave, real real reason. quick, let me ask a question. He says he doesn't want the fight, but is he fighting him? Yeah, he says he doesn't want it, but I'll fight anybody. But so then it's like, it's like so obvious. It. Hold on, obviously he will. Yeah, he doesn't want point. that fight, but he'll fight him. So he's being honest. I'll fight anybody. You don't get that? He, ju he just he just vindicated or validated what he said. Yeah. He just said, look, I don't want this fight. I, this is not the fight that I asked for. But this I'll fight, fight anybody. I want. I'll fight anybody, so I'm taking the fight. Yeah. He just validated what he said. Don't. I, I don't, don't, I, don't. It must be that Scottish education. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You, you're saying that, and I can see where a lot of people say that, but it's... But this should be this should be an exciting fight, is all I'm saying. Because for him, this should be an exciting fight. Because if Hamza is next up for the title, and Dana's giving you the opportunity of a lifetime to fight the guy that's next up for the title, do you think Dana's giving him the opportunity of a lifetime? Is that what you no. do? You think? Dude, do you Hamza's do you seriously? Do you seriously think that Dana's sitting there going, you know what? I'm going to give Nate the opportunity of a lifetime. That's what I'm doing. I think Dana has a master plan that he's giving Nate the chance of a lifetime to win a number one contender fight, get the title shot so that Dana can re-sign him, Nate can get his title shot, and everybody wins. And you think that, that Nate is going to, if Nate wins this fight, you think that he's going to re-sign with the UFC? No. That's on Nate, though. It, no, Dana, no, 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 no. I, I asked you, I, no, I asked you a simple question because you're the one saying it, so I'm... I'm 
I'm he curious might, as might. far as your opinion in Pro, that so do you maybe. think that if Nate wins this fight that he's going to re-sign with the UFC? Maybe if the money is not, right. Not, not maybe. I said, do you think? Um, yes or no? I, th I think depending on the outcome of the fight. If, so I think if they, if, depending on the sales of the pay-per-view as well. So like if the pay-per-view <laughs> sells well and Nate wins a fight, Dana would probably offer him more money to re-sign a fight. And maybe Nate like wants a four-fight deal instead of an eight-fight deal like he said he got last time. So maybe that's like negotiated. But yeah, I think he could re-sign, yes, if he, is, if he wins this fight and he's offered a title fight. I don't. I don't think there's any way he resigns. I don't think there's any way. I mean, he Dana White would have to lay out a big time paycheck in front of him, and and he's not going to do that for, for a time. fighter for a fighter who is thirty six years old. I think he's thirty six. Um, he just turned thirty seven, I think. Yeah, oh, 37. So he's not going to do that. And the history has shown when fighters are that age, the UFC starts getting rid of you. Yeah. So they they're, they're like, look, it was great while it lasted. It's time to move on. But I'm not going to invest a ton of money into a fighter who's 37 years old. They're not going to do it. And it's been proven time and time again. So I think that they're they're looking at Chamaya being the next guy. Like Nate had said, they're saying that he's the next killer in town. I was the killer for the longest time. Now this guy's the next killer. It's like, well, we're going to find out. He is Nate Diaz. I don't think resize with him because they're not going to offer him a ton of money. They are getting their bread buttered by the ESPN deal. And sure, they're you know they're doing better every single time. <clears throat> ESPN's doing a great job promoting them, working their deals with them. They're doing a fantastic. The Venom deal just got redone, I believe. the The shoe company from The Rock also just got redone or just got oh, done. Yeah. So that whole deal is done as well. They've got revenue coming in left and right. They're not concerned. They're not worried about one fighter. And I think that's when their promotion took a turn in terms of profitability is when they stopped caring so much about one or two fighters and started caring more about the sponsorships and the endorsement deals that they were making to, to line their pockets. They marketed the UFC around the UFC and Dana White because they knew that the UFC name wasn't going to go anywhere and they knew that Dana White wasn't going to go anywhere. So those are the two things they could control and that's all they marketed around. <clears throat> Uh, this is not like, look, I can keep continuing to go on, but Nate Diaz also said that he's starting his own fight promotion. What's it called? Like uh, Real Fighter Inc.? Yep. Did you find that? Real, yeah. Uh, hold on, I'll pull up for you right now. I mean, John, look, the fight business is a hard business to get into. You know that. <laughs> it's nasty. We've had these conversations. I've sat down with, with Javier Mendez. I've sat down with Scott Coker. I had thought about starting my own promotion at one time. And Scott Coker sat me down and goes, look, if you start your own promotion, I could squash your promotion. You'd be out of money and been out of business. He's like, or you could fight for me and I'll pay you a lot of money in, you know, and uh, fight for my promotion. And I was like, you know what? Sounds like a good idea. I think I'll That's go a fight great for idea. You. But it was, it was one of those after sitting down and just talking to him about what, it, what it takes to turn the lights on in some of these arenas and some of these, even oh. the small little hole in the wall Huge. arenas. It's fucking ridiculous, man. It's like, yeah. wait, where's the rest of the money going? Like, how am I going to make the rest of this money? So Nate Diaz to launch his new Real Fighter Inc. promotion. Good for him, man. I love, I love the fact that he's like, he's looking for those fighters that are down and game to throw down. And that's, and he's got a whole slew of them that trains up at, uh, up at his place in, um, Lodi, you know, at his, his gym, him and his brother's gym. Man, they're, they are doing the whole thing right. I want to know what, how much money do you think he's made over his, over his tenure there at the UFC. In the 10, 20, 10 to 15 million? Yeah, he's made over 10 million. That's good for him, man. It is good for him. 
I'm happy. It's the one. I, it's it's the one thing when you look, and it's both brothers have been big names. Nate's actually in the end was you know the bigger name. He had the bigger fights. Now, like you know, Nick had the fight with Anderson Silva, but then he was gone for so many years after that. You know, five years basically, and uh, he just. It's it's weird when you look at it, you know, all the people they've fought, everything, but money wise, there's no doubt Nate has made way more money than Nick has. Yeah. You know. Different different era, John. Yeah. I say this I say this all the time. Um like Dave Dave podcast Dave and I have talked about this. The era has been so much different because social media didn't really fully explode. Until just as of recently in the last, say, five years. Sure, it had been around MySpace, Facebook, all those things. But it didn't Probably really like take 2015. off. 2015, 2016, kind of around that time. Yeah. But it, but even then, it wasn't like something that was... People weren't figuring out how to market themselves on social media. And now that they're getting a, a lot bigger... Um, they're building up a lot bigger stage because of the UFC fights or because of their platform, as well as, you know, learning how to market themselves. Cause UFC used to do that summit and now they still have something like small little gatherings where they tell these top fighters and they, they get them to learn how to market themselves on their own social media because the bigger the fighter's name is, the bigger that they can help bring in more ticket sales. Sure. So they, he, Nate came at a time. Sure. He came, you know, he was younger as well. But he came at this towards this end of this time, right around that Conor McGregor hit. That was perfect for him, man. Like he made so much money because of the, the 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 Conor McGregor fights, because of the Masvidal fight, because of all the other fights that he's ever had that's been action packed. He's a barn burner of a fight. He's someone that always fucking lays it on the line. His brother just came before his time. Like you got to think about the guys <laughs> at Frank. He he came. Nick fought. Robbie Lawler, when Robbie was on the oh. alt, like, on, on the way up, oh yeah, fought him. Beat Frank Shamrock. I know oh, Frank yeah. Shamrock was on his way out, but he beat Frank Shamrock. Yep. I mean, he's had big time fights. Paul Daly's fight with him was the best one round fight I've ever seen in the history of my life. You know. Um. And then you can say what you want about the Anderson Silva fight, but Nick is not a 185 pounder. He should be a 70 pounder. For him to fight someone who's considered to be the goat, you know, um, to several people. He came in and fought that fight. Just these guys, I got nothing but respect for them. I can't sit here and talk about them enough. John, I could spend a whole another hour talking about these two guys and the things that they've done. I mean, from Jeremy, the, when Nick fought Jeremy Jackson to Hermes, you know, beating Nate, that, the history of all that, and then they coming out and them being just huge stars after that and building their reputations. Nate fought in Strike Force. Nick fought in Strike Force. Nate went to the. Nick was the champion in Strike Force. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Welterweight champion. You know, I mean, like they just, they just, they knew what to do and how to market themselves. They did a great job, man. Chamayev, Chamayev has got all the tools and the size and the strength and the wrestling, all those things to beat Nate. But the old dog in me, man, really wants fucking Nate to win this fight. (laughs) Really wants. I just, I've seen, John, I've seen too many times where the UFC does this. And look, I understand when they're fighters that, you know, you're thinking about leaving. They're kind of like, you know, rank number four, rank number five, but they're not really big needle movers. They want to get them beat so they go away and never be talked mm-hmm. about again. That kind of thing. I get it. This is someone who's made you a lot of money. 
I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen a proper send off. You know, give him, yeah. give him the third Connor fight. Give him somebody. Give him somebody that would have been a great fight. See, that's the fight that I thought actually makes sense. Yeah, 100%. the third Connor fight does make sense. Yeah, well, did you uh, see? He also said the Connor fight will happen at some point. Oh, maybe in boxing. <clears throat> that might be. Hey. Don't know. You know. Well, here's the thing. Now, just because he has, he's creating his own promotion. That doesn't mean he's gonna be. He's gonna throw promotions. That means that he's just gonna be basically have that promotion get paid every time he fights. So he will co-promote if he fights somebody. So if he fights Conor McGregor, he will be. He will co-promote that fight. For them to fight. Same thing with Jake Paul. If he fights Jake Paul, my promotion has to co-promote it or I'm not fighting. That's what Floyd Mayweather used to do, and that's how he made a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, he made a ton of money because he's the fucking greatest boxer ever, probably. But no. he made a ton of money. Stop. He was damn good. Stop. He was good. He was good. He's great. He's not but the greatest was... boxer ever. I got you. Okay. Not even close. He's good, though. He's good. <laughs> he's, he's good. Good. He was good. I'm not but saying he wasn't good. Here's the, the, the one thing that people don't... The one thing that people don't realize about Nate, Nate fought a lot of champions. Mm. You know, fought a lot of guys that were champions. He fought with Benson Henderson. He fought RDA. He fought freaking uh, Anthony Pettis, Connor. You know, look, he's fought a lot of champions and he's been successful in a lot of, you know, a lot of those fights and stuff. So this show is brought to you by mybookie.ag. We got some big fights coming up this weekend. The main event, Kamzat Chamaya versus Nate Diaz. Oh my gosh. Here we go. I cannot wait to see the, how this all breaks out on Saturday night in the UFC. Make sure you guys go to mybookie.ag. Check out on their odds. They've got betting odds between round betting. They've got in round betting. They've got all different types of way to bet by finish, by knockout, by draw, by judges to sit, whatever it is. You can make some money at mybookie.ag by using our promo code Wayne in. They'll give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit. And let me tell you guys, you only have to bet your winnings one time. After you win, you only got to bet it one time before you pull your money out at mybookie.ag. Most of these online gambling sites make you bet it multiple times before they allow you to pull your money out. Not mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. I don't know. I just look at it and I would like to, uh, I would like to think that, you know, it's going to be a competitive fight. It, it could be. It really depends on, in my estimation, Fight IQ. Fight yeah. IQ is going to say a lot in this fight. And most of that fight IQ needs to come from a guy named Kamzat Shemaev. If he's got good fight IQ in this, I think he gets the job done. If he mm-hmm. doesn't, it might be a different different road. Well, you know what, though, John? Let's go ahead and take a look at them odds. Scroll it up a little bit more for me, Dave, because I can't see it. <clears throat> there you go. So you've got Nate Diaz at plus 500 and you got Kamzat at minus 1,000. Yep. See, again, first off, you, in my estimation, you're a fool if you put $1,000 down to win 100 on Kamzat. Because I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying you could lose it. Yeah. <laughs> and losing. The thousand or whatever you decide to put down is going to make you feel like a real dumbass when you go, I bet a guy thousand dollars to win a hundred against Nate Diaz. When I could have just put a hundred down to win 500 on Nate. Okay. Now, if you're a Kamzat, you know, fan, hey, 
I understand you wanting to bet on your guy, but I would rather I'd rather put twenty dollars down to win and you know a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, no, I'd win a hundred. I'd the, win a hundred plus five hundred. Look, I'm always gonna probably bet on the dog because you know the opportunity is there. I put twenty, fifty. Yeah. For me, I I probably put about a hundred bucks down on Nate. Give it a try. Give it a go. Because I think what you've said is absolutely true. Nate Diaz has that that deep experience in five round fights. Yeah. He knows what it's like to push himself in rounds four and five. He knows what it's like to dig deep. He knows what it's like to get up off the canvas and continue to fight and fucking lay an ass whooping on somebody. That's Nate Diaz. And well, so yeah, the whole thing is this. It really comes down to this. Look, Nate Diaz's last fight was against who? The champ now. Yeah. Leon Edwards. Leon yeah. Edwards. Now Leon Leon was putting it on Nate, let's be honest. For four rounds, he was putting it on him. But in the fifth round, Nate made it to where you thought, uh oh, Nate's yeah. gonna Nate could possibly win this thing. Same as Leon. You know, he he won the first round, he lost the second, third, fourth round to Usman, and everyone counted him out. Don't count a good fighter out. They can they can pull it out they can pull it out of their ass and they can definitely win all it takes and that's that's the whole part of, you know that's the, the our sport there's so many ways to lose so many ways Josh you know it all you've got to do is make a mistake on one thing get caught one step behind in one area and man you can you can lose that fight a fight that you are winning every second of it. Take a look at when Sergio Pettis fought Horiguchi. He lost every second of that fight until he won it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what makes our yeah. sport great. And so, I don't know. I know. Go back and watch the Josh Thompson and Edward fight. I was whooping that dude's ass until the last <laughs> second. <laughs> yeah, fucking. He, he had to go. <laughs> fucking, hey, you got to be real with yourself, man. I was whooping his ass. <laughs> Whoop, I, do that. I was whooping his ass till I was face down, ass up. Fucking ninja kicked me and shit. <laughs> Fucked me up. Gave me the fucking what's what's his fucking name? Break you stud, man. No, no what's, thug his, jitsu. what's his name? Thug Jitsu. He gave me the thug, fucking Thug Jitsu. Thug Jitsu your ass, man. He <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I still, um, him and I, every time I see each other at Bellator sometimes. And we he's such laugh. a good guy. He's so fucking great. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, um, I'll give you a little, a little story here real quick. I don't know if I ever told you, but you know my my son, who you know he's he's a professional judge and he judges all over. But back in the Strike Force days, he was an amateur judge, and and Strike Force would actually do some of the amateur uh, fights before they do the the regular card, and it was actually a fight a show a show that you were on, and uh, it was uh, back in what 2010. It was the show that Fedor fought uh, Fabricio Verdum. Pat Healy. And, uh, Pat Healy. What's that? I fought. I think I fought Pat Healy on that card. Was that the Pat Healy one, or was that the uh, second Gilbert fight? Might have been the second Gilbert fight. And it was, I don't remember. See, but anyways, I'm, I'm there at the arena early, and I have, and my son is there because he's going to work for Camo. He's doing the amateur fights, and uh, you know, my son never liked Nick Diaz. Did not like. Didn't know Nate at the time. Didn't uh, like me. He says, now he's disrespectful. I said, no, he's a great guy. I said, Nick likes real. If, if you're real with Nick, Nick is awesome. Great. I'm telling you, 
super guy. Sure enough, in into the arena walks Nate and Nick, right? And Nick comes over to me and he says, Hey John, how's it going? Right. And I say, Hey Nick, how you doing? Right. And, you know, and Nate goes off and I think he was with Gilbert. And, you know, I say, Hey Nick, this is my son, Ron. And Ron, this is, you know, let me introduce you to Nick Diaz. Right. And Nick Diaz stood there and talked to my son for 15 minutes. They're just, you know, John back and forth until finally Nate comes back out and says, Nick, man, what are you doing? We need you. I'll be right there. Right. And he, he goes off. Right. And my son turns to me and looks at me and goes, He's the nicest guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking great, man. He is. He's a great guy. They're so uh, good, man. They're such nice guys. All, both of them. All of them. That whole crew. Um. Okay, let's get into the next fight there, John. Wow, this one, I, you know, I actually really like this fight. And I think it's... Oh, I, I'm, not the, I, I'm not too sure about the length of time that Tony has had with his new yep. camp and what's going on there. But other than that, I love, I love the fight. I think it's a good opponent. I think that, uh, Jing Liang Li is a tough individual. The guy's got no give up in him. Yes. He's been beat by people and stuff, but man, I'll tell you what, he is strong. He hits hard. He takes a big shot. He's a good grappler, not the best, but, the guy is just, you know, he came into the sport and was put into the UFC before he deserved to be there based upon they were trying to open up in China. And, you know, they were trying to find him fights. Well, he became a good fighter. He's a tough dude. This guy can fight. And I think the, I think it's a great matchup with him and Tony. I think that, uh, you know, Tony can definitely get a win here. But he's gonna have to fight his ass off. He's gonna have to be the he's gonna have to be the old Tony Ferguson as far as he's gonna have to be a little bit, you know, uh unconventional, do some crazy things at times, create situations, you know, how he does, you know, the Gramby rolls and things like that, all the things that made Tony what he was, and the elbows inside. And if Tony can do those things, get into a grappling situation, I believe he's a much better grappler. Then Lee, and I think he can catch him in a Darcy, he can catch him in a Anaconda. And if he does, he's going to have to put him to sleep because Lee will not tap. But I think this is a great matchup. I'm, t- I'm torn on this fight as well. I'm not torn on the fight. I'm torn on Tony Ferguson. Yeah. I feel, I feel very similar. I like, I, I like Nate Diaz a lot. I feel very similar about Tony Ferguson. I think people think that I have like these animosity towards guys that I've fought or guys that I've That's lost. That's because they think beaten. that if you fight someone, you don't like them. That you don't like them. I fucking Stupid. love Tony Ferguson. I love the way he fights. I was actually encouraged when I when they offered me the fight to fight. I was like, fuck yeah, this guy is a fucking gamer. This yeah. guy's tough as fuck. He likes to throw. These are the kind of guys that I wanted to fight. Guys that kind of motivated me a little bit. He wasn't as well known at the time, you know. Um, he was making a big name for himself at the you know, but he was like, he didn't have that presence just yet in the UFC. Um. Him beating me helped him a little bit, and then him beating the next three guys or four guys after that, fucking, he just was a stud, an animal, just a fucking absolute killer. And he is somebody that has, he's so well-versed in everything. The one thing that I'm torn about, John, is that he is a fighter that operates off, I believe, off of confidence, like every fighter does. Sure. But he was, at one point, was almost like couldn't be stopped. 
Like there was nothing you could do to him that would stop him. If you yeah. go back and watch, remember the Barboza fight and he and Kevin Lee, th- those guys were fucking fucking him up. Even the Lando Venata fight. Yes, although I was there front row at Lando Venata fight. I think that was the fight after I fought him. He fucking was got clipped, got rocked. Never was there a moment where he was like, "I'm tapping, I'm getting out of this thing." He is fucking he game. <laughs> He doesn't know. I don't even know if he, he doesn't understands have any what that. I don't think he has that tap. Like I agree with you. I don't think he has the the thought of tapping. Doesn't think goes through his mind. Look at the yeah. Charles Oliveira armbar. Oh. It doesn't even go through his mind. It's like fuck it. Luckily, the t- clock was about to run out, or it did run out. No. He. I'm torn because I like him a lot. I want him to win. I want to see him get back on the winning track. I would like to see him get this win. This is important. Now I, I'm concerned a little bit about 170. I'm concerned a little bit that how much time has he really had at Greg Jackson? That doesn't bother me. It, the 170, does, I'm actually happy for. So, okay, I'm happy that he went to 170. I wanted more time for him to get his body a little bit more full, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fill out a little bit more muscular-wise. Yeah. I mean, look what Max Holloway, when he came to 55. He's a big guy already. But this, you you got to make the adjustment with training with the bigger guys. you got to make the adjustment of, you know – just doing all the extra the extra activities with the the bigger sparring partners, bigger grappling partners, bigger sparring partners, bigger all those things make yeah. a difference on you preparing for somebody at that weight class. So I would like to have seen him be a little bit longer at Greg Jackson's, so they could really implement their game plan and help him out uh, to kind of reshape him, get his confidence going. I love that he was. I saw a couple video clips of him training with Aaron Pico. Him and Aaron were going over some techniques. It looked clean. It looked great. And I, I love seeing that. He's, he's picking the brain of someone who has the wrestling pedigree of Aaron Pico. And then I'm sure Aaron Pico was asking him, hey, how do oh, I use yeah. them elbows, dog? Show me how to use them elbows. You know, um, do you pull it, do you sharpen them in the, in the corner between rounds? What do you do? So, um, but the, you know what doesn't reflect, though, in this fight is the odds. I look at it. I look at Tony Ferguson having better chance than plus 253. Is that 253? Yep, 253. 253. Yeah, I feel like he has a better chance than plus 253 with Lee being a minus 333. Yeah. If I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet on Tony. I'm taking that. I'll throw 100 bucks down. I'll do everything for me is about 100 bucks. I'll do 100 (laughs) bucks. You know? Unless I truly believe in in that fight, I'm like, ah, I'll go. I may go 250 or 300, but it's pretty much always 100 bucks. I'm actually in the position where I look at it and I think you got Tony Ferguson as the underdog at a plus two fifty three. Come on. Would you go two fifty three on him? I would absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Man, interesting. I probably yeah, maybe. I, I, I see I see look, Lee is good. He's good on the ground. He's not great any one spot. Nope. He will, I think the size Tough. will be a little bit of a factor in that first round. Um, he's got some power in his hands. He's not the greatest of wrestlers, not the greatest of jiu-jitsu guys. He will go to sleep. Uh, Tony can catch him in a darts. Tony can catch him in a guillotine. Tony, Tony can catch him in a triangle. Tony can catch him anywhere on the ground, I think, in any time, any position. Tony's not a, a strong fighter, though. He's not a, str- not a strong fighter. Not a physically a strong, strong person, yeah. Physically strong person. Yeah. Um, but he's got really big hands and he's, and he's got, got that wiry. He's strength. got long levers, man. Yeah, his arms are a lot longer than you think, and he can get those things laced up where you think eh, he's not doesn't have the right angle. Yep, he does. Yeah, He'll get it. 
So yep. I mean, I'm encouraged. I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that he's at Greg Jackson's now. I'm encouraged by the fact that I've seen you know the videos of him training with other fighters that he could pick the brains of and try to really implement a new a new little bit of a new style or a little tweaks to his style that he has. Yep. So I'm I'm really rooting for him. I hope he does get the win. I like to see him continue to fight, and uh, but I can't, I don't want to see him continue to lose the way he lost. You know, his last two or three fights. No, it just drives me nuts because I like the guy. Um, we're gonna find right, out. Well, we're gonna find out. All right, John. Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez. This is this is actually a really good matchup. Rodriguez, very tough, very durable fighter. Really likes to fight in the stand-up. Doesn't like to fight much on the ground. Has some wrestling background to him, but uh, I think Kevin Holland's just too much. I, I I loved. We talked about it when it happened. I loved the move from 185, where I thought Kevin was giving away a lot, to the 170. This is the perfect weight for Kevin Holland. And, and you're talking about you know all the things you talk about being tall, long, and lanky. Look at those things help when it comes to certain advantages in the fight. And when you are as tall as Kevin is with the reach that he has and the ability, at least when he freaking puts his mind to it, of shutting his mouth and just fighting. Dude, the guy can fight. He's got he's got a very good jujitsu game. He, he's good off of his back. It's not like he can't be on his back. He, he's got good sweeps. His stand-up is getting better all the time. The real question that it has always been is his wrestling is not the best. It's been improving because he's been working on it. And I think in this matchup, look, at Daniel Rodriguez can hurt him on the feet. If he gets inside and he lands big shots, obviously he's got the power. He can hurt him. I don't think it's going to be an easy thing for him to do, and I really like Daniel Rodriguez. I think he's a, he's a fun fighter. He's, he's the kind of guy that I always enjoyed watching because – he just comes at you with, you know, heart and grit. And, uh, but I think Kevin Hollins definitely has the advantage here in this fight. Yeah. The speed on the feet with the hands, the long distance kicking. Uh, when the hit, if it does hit the ground, I'm going to go with Kevin Holland as well yep. with his long levers, the uh, triangle, the arm bars, all of those things. The way that, like, if you go back to the Jacare fight where he had that scissor guard and was able to reach up and still backhand him and hit him, those, those things, <clears throat> those things cause problems. Huh? You know, uh, being able to hit somebody in a position that you are not familiar with, not expecting yeah, well, to be hit. That's right. It changes the game. It changes the way that you fight. And when like, someone oh, has shit, that kind of length that they can do that, it's unusual because most of the people that you have fought, most of the people that you train with, they don't have that length where they can touch you at that distance. Dave, let's uh, let's go to uh, Wayne in on the odds on this one. Let's check it all out and see exactly where they're at. So you got Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez is plus one fifty-two, plus one sixty-two, sixty-two. My eyes are so bad, man. Plus one sixty-two, and Kevin Holland is a minus two hundred. Which, see, I look at those odds. That makes sense to me. Yeah, that that that, that falls right into where I would have said, yeah, that's about what it should be. But you know, in looking at it and and looking at both fighters. I look at this one. I give Kevin Holland more ways of winning this fight. He's on a roll right now. His confidence is back up. I think I would put that 200 down to win 100. Yeah, I mean, I might even go 400. Yeah. Ooh, you're going to go 400. 400. I might Excuse even me. go 400 to win my Excuse 200. Excuse me, Mr. Mr. 
Mr. Money pockets. Bags. Mr. Money Bags. Yeah, you know me. Big baller and stuff. Oh, <laughs> <Big laughs> uh, I'm probably one of the cheapest motherfuckers y'all will meet. Seriously. <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, I, I look I look at Kevin Holland having exactly more more tools in the box, more yeah. ways of winning the fight. Yep. And uh and I think he's really kind of gotten away from all the trash talking in the cage. He still does it, but it's a it's a low moderation where He's not, it's not it. as excessive as it used no, to be. No, not like hey, I think he learned. Me. I think he learned. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I think it's kind of getting carried away. You know, you had you had Khabib that started it kind of with the talking in the cage people, and then now everyone feels like they have to do it. Like Cobb's not. It's like pur- purposely doing it now. And it's just. It's like yeah. it's all kind of. It's it's just it's like they're still in somebody else's idea. Idea. It's like ah, and I know people just do it to do it, but you know. Um, all right, what's the next fight? Next fight is the ladies. Irene got- Aldana versus Macy Jason. I'll tell you what. This is a close fight. This is a close fight. Macy has proved to be very tough. Mm-hmm. Irene Aldana, obviously. Man, she's uh, she's been very good. Uh, I would have to say I think she, she's probably going to be the favorite in this. But I could see Macy winning this fight. Think so? Yeah. She's been tough lately. She take a look at you know, I think her confidence is uh is up. She's been uh having tough fights, but coming away with uh didn't she have she her last fight I know she won, but I think the one before that, I think she had a loss. Hmm. But then she you know, she had a couple of wins before that. Where's that at? Raquel Pennington. Yeah, she lost to Raquel Pennington. That was it. Interesting. Raquel. She did, Raquel, Raquel, she did beat Norma Dumont, note. who was yeah. the one that people were looking at in the in the featherweight division, like because she kept on you know getting the win. She beat like mm-hmm. uh, Spencer and everybody, but mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. I, I look at this. This to me is a good fight. And then Raquel Pennington, you know, as far as losing to her, that's. That's not something that you can sit there and uh, look and say, "Oh, that you know, lost to someone." Kel Pennington's a real deal. She's been a yeah, tough. a stalwart in the bantamweight division for a long time, and she on the feet is good and has just consistently gotten better with her grappling because mm-hmm. it used to be her, you know, her flaw. Her, that was her downfall, and now it's yeah. not. So. Yeah, I think Raquel and I are gonna have to go a couple rounds, man. She, she took my girl. Tisha yeah, Tisha. <laughs> she, she snatched her up, man. She snatched got her. her up, man. Hey, good for them, man. I'm happy for them. Yep. Both um, great ladies. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, let's look at the betting odds on that. Let's go weigh in on the odds for that at mybookie.ag. Let's see. They come in at plus one forty three for Macy yeah. and see, minus one seven five for that, Aldana. That makes sense if you're looking at it. That's about what I thought. I, I thought that Irene would be the the person that was the favorite, but not by you know that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, I think they're the odds makers are looking at like both ladies here can win. It just depends on who comes out and is able to implement their game. You know, plan the best. This is this is one of those ones I would stay away from. Thank you. It's a, like a high risk, low reward kind of situation. Yep. Let's stay away uh, from it. I, I'd pass on that as well. But you know what, though? Let's get into this next fight because this is the fight that I think is going to end up probably still in the show. Has the potential to still the show. You have Johnny Walker versus uh, Kutalaba. Oh. John. 
I don't think it's a good fight for Johnny Walker. <sighs> Being honest, man, I, I really don't. You know, there's one thing about Kutalama that we've seen. First off, super aggressive. Comes after you in the fight. He comes after you before the fight. <laughs> he, he always walks across here. You know, he's trying to intimidate. I, I don't, I, I never understood why a fighter tries to intimidate for the most part because it's like, you get to go punch him in the face here in a second. And it's like, yeah. you know, the intimidation. <laughs> the biggest factor. waste of energy. Thank you. I agree with you, but you know, it's like, you want to intimidate me? Go ahead. You know, try to intimidate me. I don't know. But, Kutalaba is physically strong and he gets he gets after you. Now the question here is in just in looking at the fight, can Kutalaba touch that chin that obviously is not that good with Johnny Walker now? Yeah. You know, he uh he's taken a lot of shots and he's he's been put out now the last time he got put out, look, you know, that's in a fight with a guy that you know we've seen has power, but Kutalaba's got power, and so can Johnny keep himself at distance and at range because he's much longer, much taller, but Kutalaba just comes inside and then he throws big haymakers and he's got a lot of power on his shots. So I look at this records are very close, everything is very similar. I go with the guy that you know. Is not uh, been eating a ton of shots. Oh, knock right. your mic, John. Knock what is up with there that? There you go. Yeah. My God. I go with the guy that, you know what, hasn't eaten a ton, a ton of big shots, and that would be Kutalaba. I think Kutalaba's got the uh, advantage in this fight. Dave, what's the odds on this fight? All right, let's see. There we go. Let's pull up that MyBookie page, and let's take pull a look. It up. There you go. You got yep. Kutalaba at minus. Minus 208. 208. You know, John, I've learned with my bookie, they've got some weird odds. In a way, I don't understand, though, the 208. Yeah, there was one earlier. Three, How about three, 210? Three, 333, yeah. That's so weird. Isn't it to do with the volume of booking and stuff like that? Yeah, it does. It, to do with like, yeah. it has everything then, to do with the algorithm, how many people are betting. Yeah. And then Johnny Walker at plus 180. Is that 155? Well, um, 166. 166. Jeez, man. I, if there's to, one thing, I you know, readers, John, I, I would, readers. I would look at this and I would go, look, I, you know, Kutalaba is the guy that I'm thinking. But if you're going to look at it, I don't think it's going to last that long. I think someone's going to get touched and someone's going to go out, and I might go to the under at one, at one and a half rounds. It's minus one forty two. Huh. Interesting. I, I don't think it's going to go long either. So I think, it, I think, but will it go around and a half? I don't think so. I think it might. I think it might. Okay. All right. I think it might. I, I, I would go. I would go for the under on this one. Would you? Yeah. Kutlaba is. He's a Kutlaba dog, goes man. after people fast. Yeah. Johnny Walker, if he's when he's when he's done well, it's usually been fast. That's true. Very true. Very true. All right. Well, then don't listen to me, man. Listen to Big John. Bet on the <laughs> <No>. under. <laughs> Got me agree with him. Is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about? Yeah, I thought I think the one you know just before that, the uh, um, Dawadu versus you know Juliana Rosa. Look, Ju Juliana Rosa fights, and he's he's had some barn burner fights. He's had some fights where you look man and you go, dude, that was just balls to the wall the entire time, and I think that's what's going to happen here with Hakeem. Uh, 
Doda, who comes from Canada, he's he's a good fighter. He likes to exchange on the feet. Arosa likes to exchange on the feet. I think it's going to be a really good fight. Dowdu is fun to watch, man. He I is. enjoy watching him fight, you know, and then Arosa very very similar, so I think this is going to be one of those fights that could potentially steal the card as well. So look for a great fight on this one. The other um, one that's good, Jake Collier against Chris Barnett. I love Barnett. Chris Barnett and I like Jake Collier. Look at Jake Collier's last fight was against Andre Arlovsky. And it was a fight that a lot of people didn't think he lost. He lost it on a decision, but a lot of people thought, no, nah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not too sure he lost that. The guy used to fight at middleweight. He fights at heavyweight now. Him and Chris Barnett, I think that's going to be a really fun. I love watching Chris Barnett. He's fun to watch. He throws a lot of different techniques. He should not be fighting heavyweight with the frame that he has. You know, uh, that's the that's the one that Dave needs to do on the uh, on our five round main event because you would never get any of those things right. How tall is he? He's like five eight, man. <laughs> he's really he's well, short. So clearly, you would get it. So, I'm but I mean, he on. is uh, he's fun to watch and he's athletic. So I think yeah. that's going to be a fun fight. I like Chris Barnett. I love watching him fight, so I'm going to tune in to make sure I watch that one as well. Yeah. Um, anything else on here? Think no, good? That's, a, that's about where I I go off. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk for this weekend. What UFC is this? 279. 279. So uh, go to AG, pick up on any of our weighing on the odds, and take some of our advice, or don't take our advice, but I uh, use our promo code weighing in. Uh, John, or not John, but uh, Podcast Dave, what do you got for us news-wise? All right, let's get into some news. Oh, sorry, actually, before we get to news, we do have a boxing fight this weekend. So we have uh, Clarissa Shields. Oops, I've lost it on my screen here. There we go. Clarissa Jeez. Shields versus uh, Savannah Marshall in a 10-round fight uh, for Shields' WBC, IBF, and WBA middleweight titles, and then uh, Marshall's WBO middleweight title. And this is why Clarissa Shields went to MMA. Yeah. <laughs> Just being honest. You get women in boxing, very few get any kind of exposure at all. Clarissa Shields has done it all as far as, you know, Olymp Olympic champion, everything like that, two time. And then yeah. you, you just, her, her fights just don't, you know, do anything in the pros. The only ones that really, you know, Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor gets, you know, she gets good press. And now Amanda Serrano, because of Jake yep. Paul, mm -hmm. she's gotten some good press and she can really fight. But they just don't get any, they get no love when it comes to it. So, but Clarissa can definitely fight. She's she's a hell of a, a boxer. Well, John, you know, there was a, the other day, we, did, forgot, we, we didn't did, talk about did, it. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. I did watch it, it though. Did you watch it? I watched some of the highlights. I didn't watch it. I was okay. Like, oh, I couldn't get it. Man. I saw I saw the knockdowns. <laughs> Lots of I them. I mean, yeah. There was, <laughs> From both. There was three, yeah, it was a yeah. good fight. From what it I was. saw, it looked like a really good fight. friend of mine, Tom Taylor, was a referee, and he's an outstanding boxing referee. Good guy. Really, really good uh, boxing referee who will be around for a long time. But, uh, Andy Ruiz, tough as tough as nails, man. I'll tell you what, he took some big shots in that, and he kept coming forward and he he put Ortiz down numerous in times in that. What's that? What, what round he put him down in the eighth? 
Oh no, he. Uh, I want to say he's he's a good boxer. People people no, overlook him because of, he's a slick boxer. His, the way he the way he looks, people overlook him. His record's like forty and three or some shit. Yeah, I want to say thir- probably thirty. Well, either he was 34, 34, 35, and 4, 34 and 4, something like that. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, he was doesn't... 38 and 2 or 3 when he had really? fought uh, Joshua the second time. Oh, man. I don't know. Pull, pull up, Andy. Andy Definitely Andy not. What's He's his 32 record? right now. No. Yeah. Not what, his what's age, his record? Knucklehead. <laughs> yeah. Total, I think that is his age. His record. Okay. No, Total fights, said 37. No, you said his, his age when he fought Anthony Joshua? No. Yeah. we weren't. No, we were talking about his record. He's thirty-two and something is what we said. Twenty-two. Uh, no. Sorry, he's thirty. Uh, he's thirty-five and two. Thirty-five. No, and two. he's lost more than that. Well, I'm looking at his professional boxing record, John. Really? Here on no, he hasn't Wikipedia. lost a lot. He I thought, he, I thought he lost four. Losses. No, he well, only had one or two losses when he fought Joshua. The well, he had one loss when he lost one to Joshua the first yeah. time, and then thirty-three and okay. two. Okay, so only two. He's good. <laughs> he's good, man. Yeah. He's good. You can't let the body fool you. You can't. Yeah, dude. I mean, man. well, then yo, hold on. Look at Tyson Fury. Yeah. Look Kane at Velasquez. Cain Velasquez. Well, this is, you know, and Andy Ruiz is a little bit uh, chunkier than than Kane. You know, yeah. But, but, I mean, the guy can box. Yeah. He, he, can he box. actually He's he good. moves really well. He's slick. Damn. Takes a takes a big shot because look at that. Oh, Sat yeah. Ortiz down with that. That was so clean. That right hand over the top. Jeez, man. It's a bad dude. He, what I like is he's light on his feet. He slips he slips well, counters well, fights you in a phone booth really well. I, I he just let that second fight slip away with Joshua where he just didn't really didn't train. He even came out and said publicly. Oh my like, god, he come on, he came in so much out. heavier. Was, yeah, it's just and he looked slow and lethargic in there. I was like, man. But that win over Joshua catapulted him into these type of fights where he's making good money now and he's yep. dedicated to it all. So I mean, I don't really know who would be next, but I'd like to see a third fight with Joshua. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight again. You know? Mm. No, I anyway. would love to see a rubber match. Yeah, I'd like with to Joshua. see that one. Exactly. Right, you know, what about match. him and uh, Usyk? Him and Usyk would be a good fight. I think Usyk's a little too fast for him. A little slicker. A little slicker in some ways. Southpaw, yeah. too. I wonder how you deal with the Southpaw. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, uh, let's get into this next story. So, um, Nate Diaz came out. He's obviously been doing a lot of media right now. Is he, put, is he bringing out that bed right there? Is that what he's doing? Dude, I was going to say, man, that thing is slick. <laughs> that thing's awesome. Give me one of those. <laughs> I don't know what it boys. is. Uh, he made some comments about John Jones's record, and he said, um, so I'll, re- I'll read off kind of the main quote that was a, the, the target at John Jones. With all due respect, if you do steroids, you're eliminated from the GOAT discussion. Uh, if they're doing that out loud, that's different. Like, hey, we're all shooting steroids and then whoop everybody's ass because I'm willing to fight someone on steroids. I don't give a something. Like, yeah. let's all just talk about it. You do steroids, I'll smoke weed, then let's get in there and squab. <laughs> I don't give a beep. Um, then he also said, but you're sneak steroiding and then you're considered. You're out of the question. That whole legacy's gone and done with. John, I'm not gonna lie, man. Once you again, agree another with reason, him. another reason why I fucking love Nate Diaz. <laughs> he's 
He's fu- no one's fucking safe right now. He's like, I'm leaving the UFC. Fuck all you motherfuckers. He don't give a shit. I love it. I mean, he's just he's just saying what everybody else is afraid to say sometimes, or other people just they want to keep riding the UFC nut hugger, like oh John Jones and always. But look, I still put GSP at the top, and everyone else is a uh, you know a close second, you know. But I don't have Anderson there because of the cheating. I don't have John Jones there because of the cheating. As much as I like Chris Cyborg there, I don't have her up there in the top because she's been caught cheating. There's, there's certain fighters that, like, yeah, sure, they had great careers. Okay, let me ask you a question. Stop, hold on. Let me ask. Let me just ask you a question here because you, you bring up Chris. And, yes, she did get caught in California mm-hmm. back in, I want to say, 2010, mm-hmm. 2009, something like that. And she got caught. So then she she pays her penalty. She goes to the UFC. She's under USADA. And she's winning. Sorry. Does man. it matter now? What once you does. get caught, it's it's all over? Well here, let me ask you this. How many how many fights did she have before she went to the UFC? Not that many, actually. <laughs> uh before she went to the UFC. I would say she probably had Ten? no more Ten. than that. I would say 18, that's, 19, 20. Jesus, that's a lot, John. <laughs> well, but but she'd only been fighting for five, four or five years when go go all the way down because that it's that uh fight right there. Stop. Seventeen fights. Before yeah, but, the UFC, seventeen yeah. fights. Seventeen before the UFC, okay. And go to because she fought Gina. Go down. It's that fight. Nope. Marlo, she fights. Go. Keep on going. It's it's against the Japanese girl. Yeah, right there. Yamanaka. Yeah, but see. Wait. Oh, yeah. But now, here's my thing. Now, if you take now, a look at, the, but if you take a look at that, that was in the she she knocked her out in 16 seconds in the first yeah. round. I mean, John, there's just like, there, there's just I look at some of the names on that roster. And, and like I said, I got nothing against her. I think she's a fantastic. I've done some grappling with her for a commercial that we did for Showtime a long time ago. She's freakishly strong. She's extremely talented. She's all those things. But you look at the people that she beat when she was potentially on stuff. OK, Gina Carano, um, Marlos, Marlos Conan. Conan. Yeah, like like these are good fighters. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know Gina was not the best on the ground, but she she had big power in her hands and she was a gamer, you know, and then Marlouis is just a legend in the sport. If you guys don't know who she is, man, she's fucking been one of the one of the pioneers of this sport for females MMA. Yep. She's fucking absolutely just and one of my favorite people and a doll. in the whole world and absolutely just one a of my beautiful human being. Exactly. And so I, I look at all those and if you scroll down some more I'm back down a little bit further. You know, and she's fighting Invicta, Elite XC, um, you know, who's that? Shayna Baszler. She fought Shayna Baszler. Who else is in here? Let's see. I'm still looking through the names. Uh, Vanessa Porto. That was a fucking long ass time ago. That was that was <laughs> her second fight. Yeah, I know. But, like, these are names that th- th- there's name value in those, John. Yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> she loses by first round and then her first fight. Submission. <coughs> Sorry. Third round uh, decision, she wins. And then a bunch of one rounds. And then two round, three round, three round. And then one round. Scroll mark down. Pass Gina. Three round, two round, one round, one round, one round. 
four rounds. Like she's, I just think it's hard for me to back it because, and I'm just not, I'm not talking about just her. I'm talking about the ones that have cheated and you've been busted. They always dabble in the line. They're always dabbling in the line. Like they don't, it's hard for them to get away from it. They got a taste of the victory. They got a taste of the success. They got a taste of all the things that come along with it. Look at Vitor Belford. He was one of my favorite fighters when I first started watching him fight. The very first fight I ever watched him fight was against Vanderlei Silva. I just fucking was like, "Ooh, this is this this is the guy." This I, it was so I was so mesmerized by him. And then I saw him fight at heavyweight. I'm like, "How the fuck did that guy get so big?" Well, you know why he got that big, you know. And so and look at he's been dabbling in that shit his whole life now. And so and I believe that when these guys, they get into it and they start having success, get women and men, that they never really kind of fully get off of it. Maybe they're sure USADA and testing. and But John, I've said this. We, we talked about this about three weeks ago. I think that there's ways for them to get around the USADA program. Okay. The growth hormone late at night. Do it after midnight. They're not obviously no more testing you on fight day or the day before fighting or whatever it is. You know, or a week of the fight at 6 a.m. waking you up. So now you have even longer to get it out of your system or to have it run through your body and not be testable. Those are all things that play a factor when you're cheating. Like their fighters get around these things. They find ways. They talk to doctors. They talk to other athletes that have been doing it. They talk to cyclists. They talk like we didn't look at we didn't know for the longest time. What's his name? Uh, T.J. Dillashaw. What's uh Cody Garbrandt had said that he had been on EPO for the longest time. And he's like, ah, no, no one ever said no, 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 no. And then he got busted for EPO because you thought it wasn't really testing for that. That's well, for a long time, you couldn't test for EPO. See, I, I don't know. I didn't know that you couldn't test for it, but simply, simply put, how many of those fighters were doing the EPO before that, that we, no one ever knew about. So there's just, I look at it like they find ways to skirt around whatever they think they can't be caught. Let, let, let's take a look at this though okay and first off you're never going to satisfy everyone when it comes to the drug issue you're just not going to all right there's going to be people that are going to sit there and say let everyone do it you know what you want to do it everyone can do it and you know let the chips fall where they may okay you know there's the people saying nope no one can do it and you got to test everyone and you know, and it's like the, the whole thing with testing is I, I watch fighters and I'm not going to say you know, a specific name, but I'll watch a fighter say, oh, you know, I've never been tested while I've, you know, been, you know, fighting for, you know, this promotion or that promotion when I know they, they have. I know they I know they got tested. I talked to the commissioner that tested them. OK, but they want to put things off on somebody else so they say well i'm not getting tested so obviously they're not getting tested when you know look the usada program is paid for by the ufc it costs them a ton of money you're talking over six million dollars a year for that program obviously the ufc can pay for that they're making good money but that's not something that is just an easy tab for any promotion to do and most smaller promotions they're not even close to being able to do something like that you know i look at it you know you can look at it in all the different sports 
you know, baseball was a big one, you know, and you've got people that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens is not in the Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all the guys that actually helped bring baseball back at a certain point because they were bashing the ball out of the park or, you know, look. I'm yeah, not, this shit's I, dead now. Baseball's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, gone. But you look and you go, I don't think you're ever. I don't give a shit about USADA. I don't give a shit about WADA, VADA, all of them. They can't test for everything because they're always a step behind. And so people are going to be cheating. Yeah. Well, do you remember Maria Sharapova, the tennis player? Yeah. You know, I remember when all the Russians got caught. Yeah. We, there, was, there was discussions that that they were taking melodonium i think is what it was called and it was something that they were getting over the counter i think it's called i think it's called melodonium um can you pull that up melodonium sounds like melatonin no i know but i think it's called it was called melodonium i think is what it was called it was a it was is what maria sharapova got busted for but a lot of russian athletes got busted for it but it was something they were using over the counter it was it was something that they they've been taking since they were kids. It was almost like a morning vitamin that they were able to take. And it helped with your muscle. Yeah, melodonium. There you go. What is melodonium? Why did Mirchitova take it? It's something that they were they had been taking Russian athletes had been taking since they were kids. It's something you can buy at like the local grocery store and you get it over the counter and it's a, like a vitamin, like a morning vitamin that they would take. Yeah. It was supposed to help with your actual uh blood saturation levels, your muscle endurance, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it's there's like you said the the USADA and all these other uh, Vada and Wada and all of them they're all fighting from behind. Yeah, and so when I when I they're always one step behind because these doctors are always coming up with some little new cocktail to put in there to help their. Athletes. Well, it's and it's not only it's not only doctors, Josh. It's guys like you. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no I'm going <laughs> to Phil Baroni you here right now. <laughs> no, but guys like you that went about trying to do everything right and took supplements and stuff. How many guys have you known that took supplements that all of a sudden popped and they, they said, whoa, wait a second. They give the supplement that they have to either the commission or USADA. And say, hey, here's this is what I was taking. They get it tested. There's that whatever it is that they got they pop for it. It's in the supplement. They go to the general nutrition store, buy it, test that pr- product, and it has the same thing. And you you didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And and so it's one of those ones you can. And I'm not saying there are guys out there that are cheating. No doubt about it. But even guys that don't have been popped and you go, Jesus Christ. And it's no, they, they're, they're taking something that, you know what? The, the manufacturer puts things in there because it helps sell because it works. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. I agree with the that, but that's not what this conversation was about. This conversation was about guys like Anderson, the guys Silva, knowingly John cheating. Jones, yeah, Chris Cyborg, like that, the conversation was about those three. That are just off the top of my head. I know there's a lot more, okay? But those are the three that we that could be considered in the goat category. But for me, they're not. And I like okay. I like I, I respect John Jones um in terms of his fighting ability. The worst part about with John Jones, he is so athletic that he didn't need it. Yeah. 
he didn't need it to be as good as he is. He could have done all these things without it, and he potentially could have been better. It just, it just, he could have been a better. I, I don't know, maybe. But Anderson, maybe he needed it. Maybe he needed something for strength. I don't know what it was. I don't know why he would do it. But he was, a, he was almost extremely. He was like the John Jones 1.0, and then John Jones is the the 2.0, maybe even the 3.0. But you know, but then you got Cyborg. It, she just physically was built different. And I don't know if it was because of the steroids, but she is physically built different than almost every female, especially in the younger, in the beginning phases of female fighting. She was yeah. built different than all the other females she ever fought. You look at Marluce Conan, like she was not built like that. No. You know, and, and you look at Gina Carano, she's not built like that. And I know that there's th- these athletes, especially the female athletes now, you see a lot that are built muscular and you know and they they put in their work and they you know and they're but the game has evolved so much that that's how they're starting to develop their body this was early in the phases of mma and and all of these things it just i can't put her in there man as much as i like her as a person the same thing with john jones same thing with anderson i like them as athletes and i like them as fighters i just i can't it's just not they're not they're not in my book, man. And right now, and everyone said, I, I to me, it's GSP. It's going to be. I would GSP. I would agree with you that GSP is, is you know, and here's you know, you look and you go, does he look like he took? Sure, but always tested clean, always good, and and, and I'm, in no way am I suggesting that he did. I don't think he did. I think he had a work ethic that just made it to where, you know, he looked that way and performed incredibly well based upon an incredible work ethic he worked his ass off but yeah if you're going to sit there and say if you're going to take and say anybody that was ever uh tested and tested dirty you take them off george st pierre flies to the top of your list him or him or demetrius johnson yeah i put dj up there i put dj up there for sure i put gsp ahead of him though because of the the level of competition that he had to and fight. multiple titles Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's another thing too—the multiple title. I mean, DJ's got two now. He got the one, one. He's got the one, the one yeah. SC one. Yeah, I guess that's got to be a bantamweight one. Yeah, there you go. I guess. <laughs> but look, regardless, it's going up a weight class. Yeah, I have no, I have no. Um, like I said, you can like these fighters as 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 athletes and as fighters, yeah. but that's where I lay on this. That's where I, that's where I lie on this, in this talking situation. This yeah, talking. Well, there's a lot of people that lie in the same place with you. Yeah. All so. right. Next. All right. Uh, Anderson Silva, let's get your reaction to his comments. Um, he's saying that he, speak of the devil, speak <laughs> of the devil. This will be the biggest combat event of the year and will truly make history in the sport forever. See you October 29th. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> He's doing his job. He's promoting the fight. He's promoting the fight. You know, that's a lot better than what some of the other people that were going to the box Jake Pauls that were doing for him. So at least, you know, he's uh, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And that's this is going to be the greatest event ever. Great. Do I think it is? No. But I'm going to watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, I know you yeah. say don't even don't even try to say you're not gonna watch. I might I might go to it. I might go watch it in person and it's in Arizona. 
Yep. So I may go watch that. Um, is it on Showtime? Yep. You no, know? it think is. So. I believe so. Because yeah, I think they have the deal with with uh, with Paul. With Paul, yeah. I think that it's not going to be the biggest combat sports of, or fight or whatever of this of this year. No. No. I, I, I don't it's not gonna break a million views. Um I think it's gonna be a, no, no, John. Nope. It no? won't even it won't even do four hundred. Wow. It I think it does do five hundred. No, I think it does I think Anderson Silva, a lot of people, a lot of people want to see that fight because of him. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with you. I do. Um, and I think because this is going to be Jake's toughest task, and here's another issue I have with this fight, is that Anderson is considered to be one of the best in our sport, and here he is fighting. Now he's been known to be a striker and a stand-up guy. He's got good boxing. He got good boxing. He's got good kicks. All of those things. He's fighting but he's a twenty-four, not a twenty. Yeah, but he's not a boxer. He's fighting a twenty-six-year-old. Fast, powerful. And Anderson's chin is not the same. It just—it's going to make the sport look bad if he beats him. I'm being honest. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, he knocked out Anderson Silva." Yep. And Dana called for this fight. Remember that? What a yep. year ago? Yep. Like, oh, you know what? You want to fight somebody? You want to fight someone? Look at Anderson Silva. He's out there fighting. Go ahead and take that fight. I don't see you calling him out. Well, yeah. Now if he gets knocked out, and, and you can just—I can just look see it. at you, negative Nancy. Oh, you know, I'm like wow. sticking up for my boy Jake Paul. I'm sticking up for my boy Jake Paul. You're, oh, you're sticking up for your boy Jake Paul. <laughs> you okay. know how I am. Oh man. You know, I'd bet on him, but I don't bet on my friends. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't figured it out, man, I'm trolling right now. Um, I just I get nervous. I get con- I get concerned because don't get me wrong. The sport of MMA is not going anywhere. It's continue to build. It's going to continue to do what it's doing. But I hate I hate to see when you have a fighter who's 26 fighting a guy who's 48. Yep. 47, 48. No, he's 48. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's only, there's a limit for so long. Look, Bernard Hopkins fought to what? 50, 51. Yep. Uh, Ortiz is what? 42. The one that just fought Andy Ruiz. Yep. Um, you've got who else? Fought, uh, Randy Couture fought till he was 47. Dan yep. Henderson till he was 46 or something like that. That time is that around this time. That 47, 48, you're really pushing the barrier. Oh, you are. You're really pushing no it. No doubt about it. Now you're finding a guy who's obviously got power, like we did the T Wood. He's got power. He's got speed. He, I don't know how he's going to handle the pressure because Anderson's going to come out almost the big stuff. And Anderson's got to take this fight very serious. Cannot afford to lose to this guy. With, the, First with off, your the, credentials. There's a big difference. You know this. Mm-hmm. If I come to fight you and I don't throw, I'm making life easy on you. Okay? But when someone comes to fight you and they're throwing shots at you and continuously throwing shots at you, totally different game. Yeah. Totally different. And there's a huge difference in size from all of the people that Jake Paul has fought. Yeah. All of them were five foot eight, maybe five foot nine. A 72 to a 73 inch reach, you know, nothing that big. Stand by. He's finally fighting someone that is his size. Anderson Silva walks around at 210 pounds. 
You know, they agreed at 187. They agreed to the weight class at 187. That's fine. Anderson's made, made 185 his whole life. Yeah. Okay? So it's no big deal. He'll walk into that, that ring that night at 210 pounds. Okay? Somewhere around there. 200, 206 to 210 pounds. You watch. Well, I wonder Someone if they, that, I wonder is if they his, that is Jake Paul's size, if not bigger. Did they cap it? You can't come in more than no, 199. You can't cap it. He's going to make can. the weight that you said. There's oh, no, there's you no Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. What is the reason for capping the fight? It's not like Anderson Silva was a heavyweight like. He was trying to say that Rockman was a heavyweight. Oh, what's his and name? And that he uh, was a cruiserweight. Mayweather used to cap people's fights where you couldn't come in more than a certain weight class. You had to keep when he fought. I think when he fought Delahoya, Delahoya couldn't come in higher than one fifty four, I think, or something like because they fought at forty seven. Yeah, he couldn't come in higher than one fifty four or one fifty six. I think, believe it was. I mean, Dave, you can look that up. Let's go, buddy. Carry your weight. I'm pulling up. My screen's paused right now because uh, I was doing something. I was jerking because he was jerking off in the corner. Sc- <laughs> He's like, Mug. he was like trying to jerk off with a little tiny box, the little porn box in the corner. Oof. I <laughs> love it. Uh, he's like, you're so stupid. Oh, yeah. I think I believe it was the the De La Hoya fight. There, there was another fighter as well. I you know, sure. was it not Margarito? Did he fight Margarito? Who? Mayweather. No. I'm trying to think who he fought. Pacquiao he fought did. someone. Yeah, but there was yeah, there was someone that he fought outside of De La Hoya. I think also too, he had another weight limit. Or they couldn't be more than a certain weight class. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking about Connor and De La Hoya. Well, or, I'm, uh, I'm reading the headline that just says that there there is a limit here. So yeah. White said the fight would be at 154. Um, uh, telling Fox it's going to be 12 rounds. There was they... nothing in the Conor McGregor fight where Connor couldn't weigh whatever it was over 154 like, once he weighed in. I just read it. I see weight limit. Um, yeah, yeah, weight limit one fifty four. Okay. No, and I glove it. size because yeah. there was a whole thing over. Oh, were they going to use ten ounce or eight ounce gloves? Yeah, because the the threshold on that is one forty seven is eight ounce, one fifty four is ten ounce. That's right. So they were trying to decide which gloves they were going to be. And they use. went with the eight ounce. Mm. Um, I don't. Don't think so. I, I, I just want I but that's I'm clear. You can structure a deal any way you yeah, want when it of comes course, to uh, boxing. Yeah. Yes, you you can always try to structure the deal, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they did with Rockman Junior. There mm-hmm. was oh you can only weigh so much more, but that's because he was a heavyweight. Silva doesn't weigh more than Paul walking around, so. He's got well, no, he's got nowhere small, to go with Jake, that. Jake is the smaller log, the the pole. So yeah. Jake is probably walking around about one ninety five. No way, two hundred. Yeah, he's fighting at one ninety all the time. So he's not walking around at one ninety five. Oh, John, I think he he's is. Not. I think his brother's bigger. His brother weighs probably. About his brother weighs about two twenty. Jesus, fucking mountain of a man. <laughs> mountain of a man. Dave's taking forever, man. I mean, the headlines like crazy. He can't uh, find anything because it's not there. Jeez, it's there. It's not there. I'm going to research it. I'm going to research it. You You know what I'm going to do? Where did did the Mayweather fight take place? Vegas? Yes. It did. The Mayweather and uh, De La Hoya fight was Vegas? 
Oh. Yeah, oh, because Mayweather's always in Vegas. Hello. So here's, from this article here, extra weight will cost Mayweather. Um, the article says, Mayweather weighed four pounds more than Marquez and two pounds more than the fight's 144-pound catch weight limit. The fighter's contract contained an overweight penalty clause that likely that's moved overweight. six. Yeah, that's overweight. So he ma- he didn't make the actual official weight they agreed upon. So that's going to cost Oh, okay. Him. I'm so, talking so about after you've yeah, made yeah, weight yeah. that you're not allowed to okay. exceed a certain amount of weight the next day by the time it comes fight time. There was something about a rehydration clause, but um, it, it, the article didn't give me a, enough. Yeah, to... some of the rehydration clause is that you can't like use IVs, and they can test for that. You can't you can't take certain supplements to, to like water pills or not water pills, but other supplements to help you hydrate better. There's certain things that they can test you for to make sure that you don't use those things. That's it they, on the terms of the the hydration. Um, all right. Well, hey, that's going to kind of wrap up our show. I believe that go to wayneandpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. We got the 10, eight round, 10, nine round shirt that's available where I'm giving out 10, eight rounds to big John every single show I delivered today, buddy. I came up in the clinch. I, I fucking well, the, was well, stop. killing it today. Where did you deliver? We did great. Where did you deliver? I did the whole show. Oh, every, every, Jesus. everything we everything man. we talked about, I delivered. Is that what it was? So you, okay, I'll call you the mailman from now on. Yes, that should have been my nickname. That should have been my. I got stuck with the shittiest nickname ever, man. I should have shook no. that shit off. You got you got stuck with the most appropriate nickname so, of any. This is nonsense around here. It's nonsense. I love Jesus. you, Jesus. I can't believe it. I'm almost fifty. I'm still being called a punk. <laughs> Oh, That's it's so awesome. crazy. Um, John, did you get your, your box of battle bars? I did get my box of battle bars. I How like were they? Campaign. Battle bars are outstanding. I'm telling you right now. First off, they've got a ton of different flavors. Mm-hmm. And it's not just this little thin damn bar. It's thick. I love yeah. that about it. But they've got strawberry, cookies, and cream, s'mores, which is s'mores which is fantastic the chocolate is good they've got blueberry strawberry dude birthday cake is a good one i haven't had birthday cake yet birthday cake is good i'm pissed i don't even know if i got a birthday cake oh you better check in your box buddy check in my box and the chocolate were both fantastic yeah i had had two of them they are really good because yes um, they're available at some of the UFC, sp- like gyms and stuff. They're available, you know, in a bunch of other locations as well. A lot of the, um, <clears throat> a lot of the, what are they called? GNCs. Like GNCs and health food yeah. stores. And health food stores and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, they're fantastic, man. So, um, check them out if you guys haven't. All right. Uh, anything else? D- Dave? Not Nothing? From Not from you? Put I'm that so cowboy hat here. back on your head there, Dave. Make sure it's on there tight because we're going to... Get this thing going. We're out of here. Everyone out there, we hope you had fun. We did a little bit of arguing today. Josh delivered because he's the mailman. And I hope you have a great couple of days here. Get ready for UFC 279 and Nate Diaz shocking the world. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to predict anything. Let's go. Let's go, Nate. And for everyone out there, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you.